Welcome back to the latest edition of the Arbury Road podcast with me, Dermot Kavanagh, as always. I'm joined today to speak about abortion in Poland by Ivana Reichardt. Hi, Ivana, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Fantastic. So Ivana is a deputy editor-in-chief of the English language magazine, uh, New Eastern Europe. She holds a PhD in political science and is very active in Poland, working with women's rights and working with women in, who work in policy making. She's a co-founder of Fem Global, a new association in Poland of female professionals employed in foreign policy. And she's the co-author of the 2020 book, Will Women Save the World? Feminist Foreign Policy. So without further ado, Ivana, let's dive right in. So many of us, most of us I'd imagine have seen over the last number of months, maybe over the last year that abortion in Poland has been a really, really hot topic. The laws seem to be changing. There have been massive protests so can you tell us a bit about the changes we've seen over the last six to 12 months in Poland regarding abortion? Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, thank you very much, first of all, for the introduction, but also for this question. Um, to answer it, I will actually maybe go back a little bit in time to 1993 um, to give our listeners a little bit of the background. Um, so overall, Poland has a very restrictive uh, abortion law. Uh, it was uh, signed in 1993 as a result of sort of a compromise, which is a word we really do not like in this country for many political reasons, but also because of abortion. It was um, a decision of the uh, Catholic Church at that time and the liberal elite that was in power um, to, uh, to restrict abortion to only three um, cases, uh, mainly uh, rape or incest um threat to women's life or fet fetal defi uh, deficiencies so as you can see um already uh, even a year or two or three ago we already had a very restrictive abortion law um, uh, one of the most restrictive in europe and as a result uh, there were very few legal abortions performed in poland uh, our statistics say that about 1,100 uh, abortions uh, a year were performed in Poland, legal abortions, let me stress this out, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, in a country of 38 million people, it's, it's a really small number. Um, as you probably can guess, many more women had abortions, uh, and the number that is estimated by a women's NGO is that of at least 100,000. Mm, if not 200,000. So the, the estimates are uh, very, but uh, okay, let's uh, take the lowest numbers around 100,000. So when you compare it to the, the amount of legal abortions, you, you clearly see that there's, um, that the law is uh, restrictive. It's not, rep it's not adequate to the social situation. Um, if you uh, ask me how women had abortions uh, in Poland, uh, looking at the, uh, the statistics of the NGOs, the answer is many of them did not have them in Poland. They would have them in neighbor countries. With Poland being a member of the European Union, naturally many women chose Germany, but also the Czech Republic is very popular destination. So is Slovakia and so is Belarus. Uh, so we have this abortion tourism uh, to neighbor countries. There's also abortion underground in Poland uh, with many doctors involved. This is, of, of course, a huge secret. It's extremely difficult to obtain um, access to it, and it's very costly. 
So for um, lower income women, uh, so yes, again, um, so abortion is legal, but extremely limited. And it, the most limited uh, it's to um, low income women uh, because uh, um, better off women, uh, even if they're not allowed uh, because they don't meet any of these criteria, if they, they're not allowed to, to have abortion in a public hospital, they will opt a private uh, hospital and, and they can, or they will go abroad. Uh, so uh, we had a, um, a really uh, discriminatory law in Poland uh, already to start with. In 2015, we had a change in power in Poland and a um, conservative government was formed. Um, it was uh, formed with the assistance, with the help of the um, more conservative, more extreme uh, wing of the Polish Catholic Church. Um, in Poland, to win elections, you, you often need the blessing of the church. Um, Poland um, is, um, or maybe was, a very religious uh, society. And uh, um, unlike the abortion compromise from 1993, which was still made with a more I wouldn't say progressive, but more liberal wing of the church. Um, this new government uh, was in an alliance with the definitely more extreme uh, church, a wing of the church. So as you can expect, um, as we all expected, there would be a push to restrict the already restrictive abortion law. And this happened in 2016. The first attempt was made, made in the um, Polish parliament when um, the first uh, bill to further limit abortion, especially to eliminate the fetal abnormality as a, a reason um, was introduced. And at that time, it did not pass in the parliament. It, instead, it generated wide protests uh, in Poland. Um, women came in huge numbers in big cities, small towns, um, wearing black, wearing black umbrellas. And these protests became known as uh, black protests. Under the pressure, um, the government uh, withdrew, the ruling party withdrew from the initiative and sort of put it to the back burn. Um, and then the pandemic came in 2020. And uh, this is the, the biggest blow to women's rights in Poland because together with the pandemic that already strained women more than, you know, than mm, Polish women overall are very busy. Uh, they work a lot. They, they spend a lot of time doing house chores. Um, more than the European average, as we see in statistics. Um, and at that time when we were closing down everything, women were teachers, uh, housekeepers, uh, uh, you know, workers. They also found out that their uh, reproductive uh, rights are being further uh, restricted. Because in the parliament at that time, um, a legislative initiative was introduced. It was not uh, proposed by a political party but by a group of uh, over 100 citizens. The Polish law allows for such uh, initiatives to enter the parliament for consideration, possibly become law. Um, this was backed by an extreme uh, uh, organization um, called Ordo Juris. Um, it is a relatively new organization in Poland uh, operating since 2012 or 13, I believe. Um, sort of a um, legal organization protecting the natural uh, law Mm, the tra traditional values uh, that come with this. And, um, and this is an organization that teams up with pro-life um, groups. Uh, 
it also is uh, it's quite large and expanding and uh, quite uh, well equipped with financial resources and this raises some questions especially among women organizations or uh, even the opposition where does the money come from um there are there is even suspicion that some money might be coming from from russia uh for for this organization so this organization together with the pro-life group gathered uh, the required amount of uh, signatures and uh, uh, as our legal system uh, and parliamentary system um, is, indicates uh, stipulates that their proposal had to be read in the parliament and this was uh, um, this was a shock uh, to, to many women because as i said they were being locked in, in houses so all they could do is um, they couldn't go to the street so they um, many polish women hang out uh, black umbrellas from their windows our protests, uh, um, posters, and uh, a lot of things were homemade, just hanging in their windows. Mm, uh, the, par the government withdrew from, uh, from this initiative uh, quickly, uh, actually did not receive a parliamentary majority. And again, for, for some time, we thought that things were being sort of calmed down. Until in um, October, end of October, um, the Constitutional Tribunal, which unfortunately in Poland uh, right now is a political body, um, uh, heavily politicized, uh, teamed with the government. It's the body responsible for determining whether um, laws are in accordance with the Constitution. And uh, the uh, tribunal uh, declared that uh, abortion in a situation um, of uh, fetal abnormality is not uh, in accordance with the Polish constitution because it does not um, protect human life. Um, uh, as I mentioned to you before, that the Polish statistics are very low uh, in regards to performed legal abortions. Um, the uh, abortions performed because of fetal abnormality are clearly the biggest. So it, when we had uh, 1,100 abortions in legal abortions in 2019, 1,074 of them were because of the legal fatality. This means that um, banning this element of the law means total ban of abortion in Poland. And um, this decision by, uh, by the court came at a very bad moment because this is the moment when we are entering the second wave of the pandemic. Again, we were locking down um, the economy, we were closing down schools, and, um, but at this point, women said no. The, the, this, uh, even despite, uh, you know, this was not the initial shock like it was in April, uh, this uh, we already knew the pandemic a little bit, and um, and women came into this came to the streets and came in big numbers. Um, they they went uh, to protest in small towns again in big towns. Um, actually, the police in the beginning was very supportive to women, um, and not uh, uh, even showing signs of solidarity. Sometimes even marching with women, definitely not showing any signs of brutality. This unfortunately has changed later on. Um, so the, again, the topic stopped for a little bit because um, the, the court only announced the decision but didn't publish it yet. For, for this decision to be binding, it has to be published. So um, for a few months, we didn't know what would happen. Um, maybe the court would decide they won't publish, but um, we were skeptical. We, we were almost certain that they would. And, and they did, they, they published the, the, the verdict in January. And again, you saw mass protests 
um, against uh, this decision uh, on the streets of uh, Polish towns. Um, this time we have seen much more police brutality. Uh, the government uh, actually started reacting. There was a um, anti-women rhetoric uh, present in the right-wing media, uh, also on public television, uh, which is also uh, subject uh, is under the influence of the government. So um, yes, and for the moment, uh, this is the binding law. Okay, thanks. That was a really comprehensive, comprehensive overview overview of the of the story. So. Okay, you've 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 covered a, a lot about um, why these changes have happened. These aren't the only change. These aren't the only attacks. Let's say on on rights we're seeing in Poland at the moment. Could you expand a little on how recent changes are also affecting the LGBTI community in mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for a moment? With the LGBTI community. Uh, uh, we do not have um, a law, specific law, that's um, attacking uh, this community and its representatives. Uh, we have actually an aggressive uh, rhetoric, um, including um, our current president, uh, when he was a candidate in the last elections, he said LGBT uh, people are not people, uh, this is an ideology. Um, we also have uh, um, right-wing campaigns creating the so-called LGBT-free zones, um, uh, which, uh, uh, which are communities that uh, do not allow, apparently, this uh, ideology, as they say, in, into, uh, into the teaching in schools, into public life overall. These are usually small town communities. Uh, some actually local governments pass them as uh, resolutions um, that their community is a, a LGBT free zone. Um, big towns are just the opposite. They actually uh, passed uh, tolerance charters ensuring LGBT communities protection and Mm, and tolerance uh, and, and uh, the same rights as uh, other people. So um, here in, in regards to this group, uh, the, it's the aggressive rhetoric, it's the humiliation, um, and actually the, its representatives join women's uh, right, uh, marches, uh, the abortion marches. So their voice was very important because they, they said, this is, a, this is our act of solidarity. We march for the same cause. Okay, perfect. So these these attacks on on women's rights and also on on LGBTI rights is this just the the classic case of protecting Christian traditional values, or do you see this as a, a broader issue of of the deterioration of um, of democracy in in mm. Poland and of of the respect mm. for human rights? It's both. Um, you know, I actually don't think that Poland was, um, I might say something unpopular, but I don't think that Poland was as democratic as it was uh, portrayed. Um, as uh, you mentioned, I am focused on women's rights and uh, um, already with this 1993 law, I mean, let's be honest, this is not a pro-women's law. And the situation of Polish women um, has been tough, yes? The pressure of the Catholic Church, uh, um, of course, at the social level makes our, our rights also um, in danger, but also uh, we have discriminatory 
if not laws, maybe practices in public life. Um, the glass ceiling is uh, very present, meaning women do not hold high positions. In Poland, uh, there is a culture of men's um, domination. So um, maybe we looked good to the European Union um, years ago because we were able to fill some questionnaires and present ourselves, we had good PR. But domestically, uh, I, I think there were still a lot of problems that were sort of covered under the carpet. Mm, with the more conservative uh, mm, uh, government, of course, uh, the rhetoric, we can't even compare, their rhetoric is much more aggressive. But these problems that were hidden under the carpet, I think they came to the surface. Um, and maybe it's for, for good, and maybe it's better. Because I think now um, there is no hiding that, uh, and there's no pretending that everything is uh, perfect. I hope these problems will get resolved eventually and maybe will become finally democratic society. Mm, but uh, so if you ask me if the democracy is deteriorating, yes, it is, absolutely. Um, especially the, the freedom of choice, the freedom of expression. Um, there is a lot of self-censorship in Poland right now. Um, there is economic censorship, meaning uh, if you have a, a state job, you, you really uh, control yourself, what you are posting even on Facebook, um, or if you go to protests or not, uh, or if you give an interview like I am giving, as you can guess, I don't have a government job. Mm, so, uh, so, so this is in this way, there is a deterioration of democracy. Um, about the traditional values, um, yes, Polish society is Catholic, is religious. However, I think we're seeing a very interesting trend right now. Um, the uh, religious um, adherence, uh, like religious uh, uh, views are shared more by people who are 45 plus in this group of the society, whereas the youth is secularizing uh, at a pace that we've never seen before. Um, so there is this generational conflict in Poland uh, right now, big one, um, with the uh, older um, groups uh, of the society being more traditional and more conservative. And the young people for the first time, actually, the, we had a recent poll, uh, they are showing more left-wing views than right-wing views. So it's secularizing, it's becoming more progressive. The, the challenge is that demographics speak in favor of the old ones, of the old voters, because we are an aging society. Um, and, uh, the, you know, the baby boomers uh, and in the 90s, uh, there were, the birth rate was really low. We had a transition period, not many kids were born. So, so this is the challenge. But, uh, but the tensions within the society are, are pretty high. Okay, yeah, I think you've, you've touched on, a, on an interesting, well, something that we'll watch develop over the coming years, not just in Poland, but across Europe, which is, mm -hmm. as you say, the young people today are becoming more secularized across Europe. Mm -hmm. but also, as you say, there are lots, there are still a, a, very much a lot of an aging population across many mm -hmm. nations. So it's going to be interesting to see how that, how mm -hmm. that develops. So let's, let's talk about Poland at the European level for a moment. And we have to mention this alliance, if we mm. want to call it that, with Hungary. Mm. Now, from the outside, personally, and speaking to, to colleagues and friends with similar views, this is one of the biggest threats to the, to the EU at the moment, from the outside. Could you get into how do, how do the Polish people feel about this 
representation of them being almost in a team with Hungary at the European level now, sharing views on many on many topics and vetoing topics for their own benefit. Mm -hmm. What's the feeling in Poland about this? You know, uh, if you ask me about social opinions, public health opinions, I would say it's not so supportive of it because you have a view of Poland based on who is in power, um, but don't think that these people represent the society. The truth is that actually 30% of the society is supportive of the government. Um, so think about this, 70% is against, for different reasons, not only because they are left-wing or liberal, but they also might be even more right-wing, yes, uh, than the government, and that's about 10%. Um, but uh, yes, the alliance with the Hungary is being presented to us as a um, strategic um, partnership, strategic um vision of um of our position in europe um however i am actually maybe maybe i'm naive but <clears throat> i'm less worried about this i actually do not see a future for this alliance because you have to think these are two very cynical politicians kaczynski and orban mm, these are not people who make alliances to make an alliance you need to be partners uh, you know you have to believe in values such as partnerships um, these two guys instrumentally use the other, um, but they also do not share many uh, positions. Um, what they actually share is this anti-EU um, sentiment. This is true. But when you look at what they think about Russia, they are on the opposite sides. Um, so there is still a lot that divides them not to build enough trust, in my view, um, to be this motor on uh, this engine um, that would destroy the EU. Um, and, and as I say, um, Polish, the Polish society is, is not as supportive of the government as it might look from the outside. Um, so, the, so Kaczynski has a lot of problems internally. Um, and uh, I, I believe that there might be attempts, but uh, they will hopefully, uh, of course, you know, I, I, I don't want to make 100% statements, but in my view, most probably they will not lead to the destruction of the European Union. I think the EU is stronger than that, uh, than this particular alliance. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I, I certainly hope you're right. We've just found ourselves in this scenario where no one anticipated something like this happening. You know, they, the mm -hmm. EU didn't, they didn't have the foresight to plan in case, in case something like this were to happen. But as you say, mm -hmm. I, I share your opinion that the, the EU is, is stronger and will will prevail. So getting back to, to Poland and the, the issues of abortion and women's rights, mm -hmm. what can we as, as citizens of, of the European Union, what can we do to show our support and our solidarity for, for example, the people of Poland who still believe in equality, who are, mm -hmm. their rights are being demolished? What can we, what can we do to show support as, as, instead of just speaking about it? Well, I think the LGBT community for sure needs the biggest support. Um, so I would direct my efforts towards this community. Um, they also need acts of solidarity. Yes, they, they need young, especially young people, LGBT community, young women. They need to see that what they are fighting for is the European value. And, and that Europe supports that and believes in that. So I think any gestures of solidarity um, out, outside Poland uh, help them um, stay strong in their beliefs. Because, you know, in Poland, actually, the problem was, I'm actually, given the dire situation right now, I'm actually optimistic. I might surprise you. 
Um, but for us, when we look at uh, the mistakes we've made in the last 20 years, and clearly we've made mistakes, otherwise we wouldn't be where we are right now. Yes, it's not, I don't want to say that Polish society is, you know, nationalistically minded. Um, it's, a, it's a society like any other society. And the political situation is a reflection um, of people's uh, frustrations, of people's, of the arrogance of the political elite um, in the past. Um, in, a, in some way, it was a rational choice. You might agree or disagree with this, but it, it was not, we are not a herd of sheep. People voted for whom they voted because they were, they didn't like the previous guys. Mm, uh, so, uh, uh, but where was I with this? Um, the question was about uh, young people, yes? And ah, okay, so I, I think um, one of the mistakes of the liberal elite before uh, the conservative government was actually also instrumental treatment of the European Union as a source of money, mm -hmm. um, source of modernization, um, but also the European values were not treated seriously enough. They were seen as something, okay, we have to do it. We, and we are so civilized, we were democratic, we abandoned communism, so it was taken for granted. And I think right now with this, especially with this protest, with these values being at risk, I think young people actually realize what these values are. Um, and, and when they fight for them, I think they will protect them. This is not something that they learned in class in their civic education, um, you know, that they have to later write a test. What are the European values? Yes. Um, this is something real for them, something that has a serious meaning. And and for this reason, I think that maybe we will, in the near future, hopefully, but if not near, then in future, we'll build a more democratic society. So I, I think this painful lesson hopefully brings only something positive in the future. I hope you're right. We certainly, at, at Arby Road, we certainly share your, your optimism for the future and for, for the upcoming generations. I, th I think we'll leave it there. We've covered we've covered everything I wanted to cover. Ivana Riker, thanks a million for joining me. That was an absolute pleasure. I've I've learned loads as always. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a great pleasure too. Thank you. Thanks again. Take care. Take care. <laughs>